right, gentlemen, thank you all for a wonderful episode. Now let's get into the after show. First off, I want to give a shot for kicking off season two, episode one, very well. Jay Woods, I definitely want to thank you and appreciate your input. It was, you know what I'm saying, it's something that we definitely, you know what I'm saying, need and appreciate, and it's always welcome. So, you know, get yourself a mic, and you can get on here and join in. Um, Randolph about to join back in, I think. Um, but Doc, I want to give I want to give a shot. I'm, I got a, I got a shot for it right now. Doc, I want to give a shot to you for not taking long to get back to the theme where people are more important than things. That is, you know, that you know, it's <laughs> it's, it's amazing how that just how that just flows out. Uh, but thank y'all, man. You know what I'm saying? The brethren, me and me and uh, me and uh, me and Randolph had talked about it the other day. Is just um, I think I sent all of you all. Uh, the video. There's an organization. There's a couple of organizations basically that's going around doing, uh, doing the good work of spreading, you know, financial literacy and generational wealth. Uh, the narrative uh, out in the in the in the minority community, specifically the black community, and um, and you know, now we can we can we can we can kind of put it out there is all five of us, you know, myself, Janelle, uh, Destrian, Doctor Love, and uh, Ryan. Um, that's 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 Randolph coming back in now. Um welcome back. But um we all have something in common besides being fathers and all uh being married. Um we have all embarked on a financial venture uh and a journey together. But most importantly is the underlying uh principles behind what we're doing. We started a holding company for investing uh and basically creating generational wealth for ourselves and for others. And the key word in that that I want to stress is that we're doing it for others. But part of this uh part of what we wanted to do uh, under the umbrella of all that we're doing for ourselves is just helping spread the message of, you know, creating generational wealth and how easy it is and different, you know, steps to take. Um but I want to I want to throw that into the conversation too, since we're hearing this after show, because um, we talked about just how people get, and specifically men, we get caught in the uh, in in the in, the, and I want to say the in this hardness of we have to be the decision maker in all things, and not necessarily knowing or understanding when to concede responsibility in the proper arena when it comes to certain things. Like I know for a fact that my wife is more versed in the, in the, in the arena of nurture. So when it comes to the proper thing to do, when it comes to nurture, she is far more versed than I, because it's a natural instinct for her versus me, because I know that I'm coming from uh, the standpoint of, you know, the, this provider, this, this hunter that, you know, you know, that's the, that's the male, you know, the male thing, the hunter gatherer. If we go in real old school, it is the hunter gatherer and, you know, the, 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 the home. Those are the two arenas that we, that we do in the field in the house. Not speaking in slave terms. We never talk about that, but, um, just holding down and understanding when, when to concede responsibilities in those certain arenas. Um, Jay Woods, I want to throw it to you. Um, first, just to kick us off as the guest, um, as far as your opinions, um, on, 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 on being able to do that and kind of, and, and, and kind of, cause you, you kind of alluded to it is, you know, the different steps you, you, you went through of just recognizing how to do, you know, how to do, how to, how to, how to basically make your relationship work. 
because you've been married for some years now and like 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 you alluded to it, it wasn't it didn't come overnight but just go ahead and speak to that point of you know just knowing knowing when to say when knowing when to hold and knowing when to fold and kind of kind of kind of speak go ahead yeah so you know i'm, I'm happy you came to me because I, I that was you know that's definitely something that resonated with me as far as you know I think that any in any successful relationship, you have to be able to delegate responsibilities. You know, it's it's impossible for a man to completely uh, and a woman to, you know, to try and do everything that the other person does and everything like that. You have to, you know, it, it's too much in this, and and there's things that you were born and bred it, bred to do, and what you run into when you're trying to be too much like somebody else or or anything like that. There's that little voice inside your head that's saying, like, bro, this isn't me. I don't know why I'm doing this, or, you know, this doesn't make sense, or anything like that. So it's like you need to be able to have that trust in your partner to be able to delegate certain roles within a household and responsibilities and everything like that, and at the same time still keep the communication lines open as to what's going on. And that's a difficult thing to do because – you know, you know, when it comes to, you know, for me, I've been working since I was 18 years old for a Fortune 500 company, you know, and that's, you know, I've, I've been blessed in that sense. And so I have a, a ton of experience when it comes to, you know, getting things done when it comes to business. I, it's not very often that I don't get what I want. And for me to ask my partner or to expect my partner to do that, I don't, you know, I didn't go into a relationship with my wife so she can do the things that I can do. I got into the relationship with my wife so that she could bring things to the table that I, I just simply wasn't capable of that I knew that I needed. I knew I needed that other side of things. I knew there was things that I didn't have. I, I, I never thought I was perfect or anything like that. I knew there was things that, you know, could benefit my family. And that was, and that was the ultimate goal. It was putting your family first, first before yourself. And so if there's 17 or 300 or X amount of traits that is going to be necessary to benefit your family and to create a great future for your family, and you have 10 of them and that's all you got, then you know, a lot of times you're going to try and look for somebody who can bring that other seven or that other X amount of attributes to, to the table. And that's what I look at my wife for to go ahead on and bring those other, other things to the table. Now, you have to be in open communication with your other partner of what you're like. There's no reason why your significant other doesn't know what your strengths and weaknesses are. You know, you can, you can put on this this manly medal of, you know, being invincible and you're always right and everything like that. But, you know, ultimately, that's only going to really cause a lot of friction in your relationship. And you're not really going to get to your end goal. You need to, one, have a unified goal. You need to have some values for your family, you know, have some ideals and say, this is the platform that our family stands on. Not just your family, it's her family as well. And then... You need to figure out what are the things that the both of you can put forward to help you get toward that ultimate goal for your family. And so it's a struggle when you don't want that to become a competition. 
you know, it's it's a patient thing. And yes, it's something that doesn't happen overnight. And and, and if you know, over time you'll start people will start falling into certain somebody takes care of this all the time and somebody else take care of this all the time and stuff like that. But you don't want to get in a situation where you're competing of, oh, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. This is supposed to be stuff that you're taking care of. It'll happen. You're going to get there eventually if you're in a long-term relationship. And that's another hurdle for you to get. <laughs> that's another hurdle for you to get over to it, fellas. If you haven't gotten to that point yet, you will get there. Like I say, this isn't. It is. It's a. It's a never-ending. It's a never-ending battle. There's always more things for you to grow in in your relationship and you get stronger and deeper in. But you know, like for me personally, that's something. That's in a place that we are right now. You know, it's like we we've long since gotten over the financial hurdle. You know, we've been blessed to where that. You know, with. I mean, really, my income alone. We've. You know, it's a. To to be able to honestly say that I haven't needed anything in a long time, you know, I I kind of go out there and I work and I put in extra hours to get the things that I want, not the things that I need. They're taken care of. I'm not worried about rent. I'm not worried about power bills or electricity or food or anything like that. I'm worried about, man, I wish I could go to the Turks and Caicos this summer. <laughs> oh, man, I wish I could go home. I ain't been to Dubai yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I've I, I worked all these years and I've been out here grinding. And I ain't been able to go to, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, right. you know, if, if you, if you do the things that you want, you'll get to that point too. You know, you can get to that point where it's like all those things you thought you wanted. And that was your lifetime goals. What happens after you reach those lifetime goals? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with relationships. There's goals that you set in your relationship that you think are really big goals, but, if you're doing everything you're going to, you, if you, if everybody's putting in a hundred percent effort, you'll get to it. And then you'll find yourself like, okay, damn, what's next after this? You know? And so like, you know, like, like I say, the, the, the place that I'm at right now is like, you know, I've wanted to be able to delegate and say, Hey, you know, you know, sweetheart, I love you. I wish you could take care of this and I, you're the better person to do this. And I want to do everything I can to give you the confidence to go ahead on and accomplish those tasks. And I trust you to do it. And I want you to go ahead on and trust me to go ahead on and take care of this so I can make the decisions that I need to make. And you can go ahead on and make the decisions that you need to make without worrying about me or you questioning questioning those decisions. And then when you get there, you don't want to get to the place where your partner might be struggling in what they're doing. Or you may be struggling in what you're doing and... You don't want to be going into conversations and arguments about things like they might have questions about what you're doing and why something's not going as well as it should be or why you're so stressed out about something because they want to help, you know. But because it's your responsibility as a man, you're like, I don't really need your help. I got this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I'm struggling, but I'm a man. I can I can deal with this struggle. I can get past it. You know what I'm saying? I, if I needed help, I would have asked you or something like that. You know what I mean? Because now you're just creating more and more friction in a relationship. You have to be able to delegate those different roles and those different responsibilities and also be able to identify when is the right time to intervene, when is the right time to back off, when is the right time to kind of, you know, you know, to trust them to get something done. And there's going to be times where it's like, Sweetheart, you got to have those interventions at at times too. 
you know, and that's another big hurdle, you know, for people to really get over. And it's not something that happens overnight. And there's no, you know, like one thing you have to realize is that there is no, there really is no end goal in life. There really is no ultimate place to be. There really is no, you know, because if you think about a relationship, a relationship is just a series of climbing mountains and coming down off of them. Mm. That's it. <laughs> you, bring, you, know, you bring you bring you 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 mentioned something you mentioned something a, a little bit a little bit back uh, about like setting a goal and reaching it and I can't remember whether it was DJ or Doctor Lovin in one of the previous episodes from last season where we uh, we we had we talked about the uh, the Olympian with the yeah the, yeah, the, the Olympian the he mind. set the goal he set the goal it was like I want to make it to the Olympics. And he made it to the Olympics, and that was it. But somebody else set the goal of like, I want to get to the Olympics, and I, I want to win, win the gold. And I would, you know, so it's like you said, like some of the goals that we set, we think that they're these, like, like Dr. Levin said, we think it's the bag, these big audacious goals, where it's like, oh, I want this mansion on top of the hill, and then you get this mansion on top of the hill, and then you find out, oh, the view sucks. And I didn't also set part of my goal as to how I'm going to maintain this mansion. Now I'm dead right. broke. You know what I'm saying? It's like we set we we don't we don't we don't we don't set these fully encompassing 360 goals that take care of themselves. We set these very singular, narrow-minded goals a lot of times. Um, and and and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's a setup. Why? It's a reason why, though. You know, when you think about the superstructure, I'm not just talking about the basic structure. You think about the superstructure of the typical African-American family. It is what Jay talked about earlier. It is, I saw my mom do everything. And where's the guy? You know, very uh, less than half of us, based on statistics, see the father figure in the home doing what men do. And therefore, things things are problematic. So when you get into a place where now you got ego and money, you've never seen a man do any of the things you do before. You're doing it. You got some income. Who's anyone to tell you what to do? Wrong approach. You should be empowering that woman and leaning into the things that are important to her because because of her you can and i think that's the thing that we tend to forget like those of us who grow up in those environments should be the ones that remember that the most but we don't it's a quick so departure i I, I, don't, I don't want to cut you off but i want to throw i want oh, to throw this in there fine. Because here's the here's the thing, and I and I'm not gonna call you and Jay an anomaly because I know a lot of like mm -hmm. I know a lot of you know people that were in y'all situation and they come out on the side that you all are on now. You're doing great. You're in successful it's a relationships. Choice, You're doing it's definitely exactly. a choice. It's but here, a choice. but here, so so here's what here's here's the the, the, the wrench that I want to throw into it is where does where does that choice you know what do you think is that seminal trait? Or attribute that you inherited, or you Man. saw from your mom, because you know, because you, there, like you said, there's really two ways you can go about this. You can see this exactly. happening, and you can become 
the man who relies on the woman because you saw your you saw the woman right. do everything, so you know that they're capable of, capable of doing it. Or you well, see that woman struggling, and you because that's your mother, and you care for her, and you love her, and you know the sacrifice she's made. Well, almost going back to that guilt sacrifice, the sacrifice of guilt, the guilt of sacrifice, well, whatever the way I put it, is knowing let, like, let, right, me, let, let me let me let me provide so quick. that I don't see you go through the things I saw my mother go through. Let me let me just say this real quick. So part of it is is that I think that I don't you know what I'm saying I, I could be you know misreading myself or anything like that, but it's like for me there is no excuses. There is no excuses for you being a man and getting stuff done. There is no failure. There is no stop. You will always be working and you will always be doing whatever you got to do, whether you breaking bones. There there is no there is there is no give up, there is no failure, there is no excuses, none of that. And so I think part of it is is that you start to look at yourself and you're constantly reevaluating. Like I I will say this to anybody, man, I am my worst critic. I will always be and I, I will I've always felt as though I have always been my worst critic. When you know it's 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 crazy. Like sometimes when people are like, you know, telling me about the things that are, oh man, you, you're, you're good at this, or you're, you're doing such a good job, or you're a good father, or you're a good husband. I'm sitting there myself, and I'm thinking in my head, shit, bro, you don't even know. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, and, and it's not because, and it's not, and you know what I'm saying because over time you become good, you, you become so good at taking care of the things that society says that you're supposed to do, those things just come natural to you. It's easy. And so part of the struggle is, is that it's it's being what society says that you need to be as a man is easy. You get to that point where it's like, oh, just going to work, providing for my family, taking care of my wife, asking her what she needs and taking care of what she needs. It gets easy. It gets easy. And it's so you you find yourself in situations like, you know, some of the worst arguments I've ever gotten to my wife has been me asking her, what does she want or what does she need? And so, so look, some of the, some of the simplest questions, argument, get, look, anybody that's in a real relationship is married, no. Mm-hmm. The simple question of what you want for dinner can literally cause three days of silence like North Korea, South Korea. We, can, right. we, could, we create a demilitarized zone in the house. What you want to eat. Easy and and for you it and and because it's like you get to the point where it's like you build so much confidence in yourself because after you done struggled so much after you done been through so many situations you stop fearing it you you don't have that fear or you don't have that you know you you don't doubt yourself you know and it's like you know and because you're highly logical and it's like you don't. It's not that you're, it's not arrogance, it's because that you've been in a similar situation, you know, you can get through it. You know, I know that I don't matter, it doesn't matter if I don't, I lose my job tomorrow because I'm confident that I can get another job. It doesn't matter if the bills are due in a week and I only have $10 in my account and I need 350 because no matter what, I know ways to go ahead and get that 350. If I need to go house to house selling red hot dogs from Sam's, you know, I know I can make $350. But your partner doesn't know that. They haven't gone through that same experience. And so a part of the big thing is, is that 
the way to build confidence and trust in a relationship is because you have to go through through things together. You have to, if you haven't, you know, and that's the difference is that like, you know, we go into relationships, whether it's with your wife or with your friends or your family, if you haven't experienced those situations with somebody together with them and you haven't seen a solution or you haven't seen yourself overcoming those situations together, you can't have a strong relationship with your body, with somebody, you know, it's, I mean, or I would say that it's abnormal for somebody to really just trust somebody wholly if they have, haven't experienced something similar with somebody. And, you know, if you look at your closest friends, it's like you don't really know somebody or you're not really great friends with somebody until you have struggled through something with them. And so part of that is you have to, the people who you find close to you or you want to be in your inner circle, you need to create situations to where you have to depend on each other. So both of you can see each other pulling their weight and helping to get through that situation. That's the only way through it. Most definitely. Uh, DJ, I know you had a point you wanted to make. And then you're going to throw it uh, throw it to Doc. And then definitely I got to get my brother Randolph in on this uh, in, in, in a minute too because I know he got something he want to say. But DJ, go ahead, man. Yeah, man. Um, this brother couldn't have made more valid points than he made because it's real. Like your, your upbringing determines so much. And it's not just your upbringing, it's the responses to those things that are happening around you. That's, that's, that's called conditioning. You know, psychologists would call that conditioning. Now, you asked a question earlier about, well, what was it about your parent that put you in a situation to see things differently? Well, specifically, with my mother, I remember it vividly. She sat me down and she said, Listen, I can't teach you how to be a man, but I can tell you what type of man I don't want you to be. That was the conversation we had until she got remarried. When she got remarried, we sat down at the kitchen table. In my house, the kitchen table was where every come to Jesus, uh, Horace, um, Whatever Allah, whatever else you you got, Buddha, whatever you, wh- whomever you come to uh, the uh, the altar or, or to serve, whatever you whatever you do there, that's where we came to have that important conversation. So, at my kitchen table, my mother told my stepfather that I've told him that I can't teach him how to be a man. I can only tell him what type of man I don't want him to be, and this is what I have told him. The rest is now up to you. And until the day that he died, he exemplified those things that my mother said that she wanted to see in a man and the things that she did not. And so I have a living example, and I may be blessed in different ways than others, but it's a decision. I decided to pay attention to that and follow that instead of what other people were doing. 
at some point we have to get beyond the 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 the, the simple means of once once a young man or a young woman knows right from wrong we have to start holding them accountable because in today's times it's life and death man you can't be out here with the ability to discern right from wrong and making the wrong decision it will cost you your life i'm just grateful that in my house i was more afraid of my mother and my father than the police because my first responsibility was to my last name and if we get back to that we may be able to save some of the lives of these children or these young men or you know that that are out on their own these young women that are on their own our responsibilities to should be to our last name because that's your legacy the goal is to get home how you get there we can discuss but so many of us carry around the lack and that's the only way I can say it is the lack the lack of the father figure and in some cases the lack of the mother figure the lack of love the lack of this the lack of that man lack has killed our community for centuries go ahead bro I was gonna say I, I agree with with lack being a problem uh, but also, man, we trade in a lot of bullshit. Like, we, as black men, we have, and, and this is why it's important for, for brothers like you and, and, and myself too, who are, are sharing positive, productive messages about what it is that you ought to be doing as a black man in terms of, hey, you know, you, you, you have a family. You take care of your family. It's your responsibility to provide for your family and be an emotional pillar and, and, and share with them and your time and your love and all the rest of this. It's important that we say this because you got a bunch of folks that still sharing this pimp foolishness, just being real. You know, <laughs> they still talking about how, oh, man, if she worked, then why are you working? You know, uh, well, if, if if she got a house. You know what I mean? Why don't you just move into it? All this trying to live up off of and, and, and take advantage of and not build with and all the rest of this type of stuff. You keep your money. You spend her money. You Just all this ridiculousness, man. And I see brothers buying into this and then wondering why they aren't respected by the woman that they're with. What's the respect? And I'm, you know, and <laughs> I'm being real. You know what? What's the hey, yo, dog, hey dog? Hey, I, I say this, man. I say this, man. Like, look, man. I, I, Mac, the Mac, and now it's the city girls. Because <laughs> that's, that's all everybody. The goal for everybody now is to get over on each other now. Yeah, man. So man let, me, let me share something, man. Let me share something with you, man. That uh, one of one of my big brothers, man, uh, shared with me the other day, man. It's like you know. You know, we went to talking and, you know, we had a similar conversation, you know, about like, you know, a man's role in a, in a relationship and being the head of the household. And it's like, man, a man's duty is to be respected by his house. You, if you doing something where you ain't, that's not respectable in your own house, man, you need to go ahead and reevaluate what you doing, man. What, you know, and it's like. You need to, like, and that's what, you know, and that's something that, 
you know, for me, you know, if there's any anomaly in me, I'm like, man, for me, I will, I couldn't even, I couldn't even consider not being respected in my own house, man. Like every action that I take, you know, right or wrong, it's about making sure that I can maintain that status of being respected in my home wife, in my home, in my own home, man, for my wife my mother, my family, and on top of that, you know, piggybacking off what bruh said, man, it's like my name has to be respected. You know, I don't like to go into a lot of situations where I got to do a lot of talking. I like my I like my reputation to precede me, and at the very least, I want to be respected. Mm. You know, and it's like that's the thing that's, that's, the thing that a lot, that's lost in a lot of these young brothers today is, man, it's like, they don't care about respect. They out here doing things intentionally to disrespect themselves. There it is. And they'll do things to disrespect others. And they have never in, in their entire lives, you know, they look at the women in their lives as beasts of burden. It's their job to do the the financial lifting in their lives, the emotional lifting in their lives. Hey, even the physical, oh, well, you know, they can't, they can't clean up or 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 cook or do any of the things that are necessary to take care of yourself as, as a man. And so I think that we as men have to express um a, a sense of, of of outrage and disbelief about these things because we can't allow this to continue to be commonplace because I promise you there are a lot of other brothers that'll sit up there and reinforce that right. foolishness because that's what's comfortable to them. Accountability. But it also is both comfortable. It's comfortable to him, but it don't mean that it's right. I was talk. A speaker came and I heard him say. He said, "You know, a a a baby will crap in a diaper and cry when you try to change them. Why? Because it's warm and it's comfortable to him. And that's where a lot of our crappy situations are. <laughs> we are used to it." And it's comfortable to us. That's what we don't see. But you're setting up and shitting his tanks. You know what I mean? The whole situation around you is not working. It ain't never worked. Doc coming through with the analogy of episode one. And after the show, Doc has dropped an amazing analogy. Doc said, look, a lot of y'all is sitting in your diapers and shitting and you're comfortable because it's warm. Yeah, let me tell you something. This is something my daddy told me a long time ago. He said, old, he said, Uh-oh. old man told him a long time ago. He said, man, all, all, all men need is somewhere to shit, shower, and shave, and oh they'll be God. happy. He said, somewhere to shit, shower, and shave is somewhere, oh something God. warm. You know this after hey, show we get hey, real. Hey, hey, hold on, man, hold on. <laughs> This is the after the show, right? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. on. We've talked several times about. But but look, the point being made, the point being made is uh, a lot lot of folks is complacent. (laughs) They too, they too comfortable. They too complacent, and no, no more. There's no, no more. Not after this. Hey, you held everyone accountable with that. Look, look this is this is season two, episode one. If y'all are not used to the truth oh being dropped, then this Jesus. is not look. This is not the this is not the form for you to be in. It's not the we form. Li- look, for look, me. look, 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 look. No, we literally give we literally give them forty five minutes to an hour of clean oh. above board talk, talk that they could hear 
if they were to hear you or Dr. Levin speaking at one of these illustrious conferences that you do across the country. The after show is to where you are invited into this office and you understand that I am a part of this conversation (laughs) as well. (laughs) Well, And I I have no decorum. I have no decorum. When they, see Dr. Loving, when they see Dr. Loving, i.e. Seattle, and he says, follow me at Brethren, and I turn his mic off, <laughs> just don't be mad because, Doc, Doc, man, Doc, we can't be losing corporate sponsorship, man. Listen, listen, listen. If they can't get with the message that we drop, how we drop it, those are no, not the, the, the we want. Listen, Because look, listen, McDonald's been 365 McDonald's been three six five black for how many years? They <laughs> let you say anything. First of all, these are lies you tell. McDonald's got to a place where they had a monopoly. So it's them, Burger King, and Wendy's. Now you name somebody else outside of Chick Fil A that don't even sell beef. It ain't no question, man. You get the toy, you go play in Playland or whatever. You got to take your kid there. Hey, we can't compete shit. with that we're right getting now. That look, we get, we getting off, we getting off, we getting I, off. I think, I think it's important to recognize, you know, we get, we, our, our, most, our message is is refining itself and, and getting cultivated over time, <laughs> right? And so is our audience. And I think it's also important to recognize that that we gonna cuss you out every some folks, after some show. A, a little bit of a shaking. Sometimes you need to just yeah. hear, hear it where you're sitting, right? Because at the end of the day. You know, Let me make AJ proud, Doctor Levin. Let me make AJ proud right now. Let me tell you what Doctor Levin said. This is destiny. Doctor Levin is saying sometimes you gotta shake the shit out you. All right? Yes, man. Ain't that ain't that right, AJ? Listen, I'm finna I'm finna look. It's, it's no, 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 right. Don't you do no, that no, now? No, no, no. You're right. But no, I'm finna I'm finna I'm finna I'm finna ask my brother Randolph a question because this is a very important point of view that we I want to bring into the conversation. But the one thing that I do want to say is, um. Listen, people, we, we, we have a very distinct goal, but also at this goal is we, we, I, me personally, and I know everybody, everybody on this journey, we're going to keep it real. And one thing that I promise you is that I'm going to be one of the ones that's going to always bring it down to a level that I know a lot of other people will understand. Cause Dr. Lovin and, and DJ going to keep it above board as long as they can, but they always we know. That to. Look, Dr. Lovin and DJ going to sit at the front of this boat. But I'm gonna be at the back end, jumping my ass up and down, just and trying, be to trying to sink the whole look, damn boat. Listen, I ain't trying to sink it, but you know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to rock that motherfucker. To hey, the you ain't gotta say hey, that. You can just hey, say rock no, the boat. No, it, look, look, look. It's gonna be water on the floor, but we ain't uh, going to the bottom, go. baby. But hey, look, man. Well, look, I hope I, you got I, your you know bucket with you. <laughs> look, bring your buckets, cause I said, mm. <laughs> bring your bucket. <laughs> look, look, man, look. Plus, folks got to understand. Like I said, we give y'all forty-five minutes to an hour of above-board talk. Come on, after man. Which, after which we've already taken. Come on, man. Focus, man. No, no, no. And it's then, cool. so now we in the after show, and I and I told y'all we continue this conversation, but we keep it real. The after show is like us, you know, what I'm saying all of us man. sitting in the sitting on the porch, sitting in the garage, sitting under the carport. This after is the definitely the reunion. Point. Yeah, there's this is the porch show. There's nothing I can do. There's this, exactly. nothing I can do. The after show is the anything porch talk. that AJ is going to say. The I can't stop it. The, the after show is the carport talk. The after show is that talk. This is what the he family reunion is over with and everybody else is going to sleep. 
and the men folks still outside talking. This what they have to show AJ, you. AJ only does the regular show to get to this. This but is exactly. the only exactly. reason for this. This is that's I, look, look, real with that's you. Why, that's, that's why. That's why That's why doing the main show. I sit there like a like a like a Democratic debate moderator. I just oh my god. You know, but you know what? Fifteen minutes, wrap it up, please. When you when you sit on when you sit on that porch with your uncle and and they and this brown it's brown licking cups and you can hear oh those you can hear those crickets chirping in the distance, man. And and folks start to telling you about the stuff that they know they messed up on, the things that they wish they had it done. Just, you know what I mean? The 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 opportunities that they that they left out there. That's the real. That's, that's what class. this is about. So you got it. You got to have. It's a master's class, man. That's a master's class. And, and, and so yeah, hey man. Sometimes, sometimes the language yeah. is salty. It does. They want you to know that they're emphatic about what they're saying. So. Exactly. But before we go too long. uh Randolph, I, I want to bring you into the conversation because you haven't said a word. I know you've been you 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 back there soaking it up. My look, my brother, my brother's the man that sits in the corner of the room, and you know at the you know what I'm saying. But I want to bring you into it because, like I said, we all married, but you you still engaged. But you you know what I'm saying. You 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 got a one. Well, Zane about to be one, um, and then you got Lathan. Lathan finna be Lathan. Lathan with five six. six. Yeah, late than six. So you know what I'm saying, but you 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 still engaged, but you you y'all y'all got Zane Zane about to be one in a little bit. But just uh, you know, from the beginning of the conversation till now, because you've been listening, um, kind of off in the background, and, and you know what I'm saying. And I know you got a, a, an opinion on it, but I want to ask you the question of so far in this journey that you've been on, um, what has been what has been the hardest the hardest you know thing about bringing bringing these two the two the two worlds like Jay Wood said earlier, meshing these two different worlds together because you know we 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 we're, we're all all of us have admitted that we're totally different than our partners than our wives I and mean, you know that's you know that goes without saying because you know opposites attract. Why the hell would you want to be married to them up just like you? I, I mean I would because <laughs> I'd kill me. You dig? So um, but so I want to throw that I want to throw that that, that that point that question to you is what what do you what has been the most difficult part about meshing those two worlds? Uh well, just just off of listening, man, and I got I got um, my phone died at some point during the during the regular show, so I missed a lot of it. But I took a lot of of what you guys were saying as far as security, last name, um, and thought about this process that that we're going through right now. Engage <clears throat> um, a lot of pieces flying right now. Um, you know, pre-approved to buy a house, still looking. You know, she just had a job change. Um, but but I think the most difficult part is keeping the communication open 24/7. Um, and as I'm listening to you guys talking, and just blessed to be in this atmosphere because I'm learning so many things from all of you brilliant married men that have gone through this, um, <clears throat> it's being together, you know, mentally, spiritually, you know, we meditate together. Uh, we've been doing that for several months. 
uh, in the mornings at night. And I realized that the the key thing in is security. And I, I say the word security because a lot of men are insecure. And we mm. and, and we are insecure, but we don't want to talk about it and express some of those things that we are lacking. I heard that word, uh, and I won't elaborate on that right now, but because <clears throat> I'll get off subject. But in order for me to do everything I want to do for my family, make the sacrifices I want to make for my family, I've learned and through this process realizing that I have to, one, put them first, and two, because it's new, because I know it's new to her, like you said, we just had a baby, and I didn't even realize. I realized it, but sometimes you have to stop yourself and and think. I'm like, man, she did make the ultimate sacrifice, you know, from being pregnant nine months, having her first child, not knowing, you know, what to expect put her life on hold and it just opened my eyes like man as all men you stop and think man I could be doing more I could be doing this I could be doing that but ultimately I think it's the communication it's it's hard I realize it's hard I've had you know I grew up with a, a, a daddy in the household uh, RP to my pops I tell everybody this and I'm not ashamed to say this I didn't become a man until after he passed away I was 25 years old um, kind of just, you know, figuring out life and then he passes away and now all I have is those memories, those things that I saw him do as I'm growing up and those are the, the things that I lean on because now I can't have that conversation with him as I wish mm-hmm. I could because now I'm like, man, I wonder what Pops would do in this situation. I wonder what, what, what he would say or how he would handle it. Um, but ultimately, I think just like what all you guys touched on, I I believe that the the key to a successful marriage, a successful partnership, is you know setting those goals like you guys talked about, um, setting expectations. Um, I think Donnell was talking about uh, you know delegating different you know things to do for each person and. And one key thing that I took away from it, which we've been trying to do is, you know, I have a six-year-old son that I have custody over. She's been great. Lakeland talks, tells me all the time, I wish, you know, Erica was my mom. I said, well, she is your mom. She's a stepmom. But he wants her to be her, her real, his real mom. But knowing that I'm bringing these two families together, and I've been a father for six years, so I know a lot of the things that happen, need to happen, things that need to be done. And her being her first time, it's, you know, making sure that I incorporate myself in everything that she's doing, making sure that she needs everything she needs. Because just like, I don't know who said it, but it was an excellent point. You have to go through that together, right? Because I know, you know, raising a child up to six years old, but she's never had it at all. Or I've actually been through a process of buying a house. She's never been through that. I've been on some struggles. You know, obviously, you know, we, we talked about things like that. And I may know how to maneuver in this situation. She may not. So her seeing me go through that, uh, me seeing her go through things, us working together, 
um, you know, has been great for us so far. Obviously, I hope we continue that. But to finalize this, I don't want to be too long. I believe personally, uh, my father put together um, a 100 black men of Waverly Hall, Georgia, and he developed a mentorship program. And I think just on listening to you guys talk, it amazes me of the the knowledge that's in on on this call, on this doing this podcast, come together like this. It just amazes me of what we could do outside of this podcast. Because the issue in the black community is the man is insecure. He does not have that father figure to look at fifty percent of the time. Some do, some don't. But for the ones that don't, they're lost. And they don't know, so they either result to the streets or they result to seeing what their mom did or whatever. And in my brother's case, his mom, you know, told him straight up, hey, I don't, I can't teach you how to do that. And by the, obviously, he was blessed to have a great stepfather, but everybody's not going to have that. And in the black community, mm-hmm. I think it starts with the youth, you know, Doc was saying, you got these people in the pimp mind frame. Hey, do this. That's because that's all they know. They see men coming in and out of their house and they little, you know, sleeping with their mom. He 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 eating all the cereal in the morning, right? He not paying no bills. He just staying over there. That's what they see. And so, what I take from all of this, and I know I kind of got off subject, is I think ultimately, you know, we all want to be successful. We all want to make a lot of money. We all want to make our, you know. Our name, our last name. I'm my dad's only son. Um, I have two boys. My last name is very important to me. We all want that. We all want to do those things. I think along the way, we need to find, figure out how we can impact the youth in that same way so that there's more of us coming up. There's more of us thinking like this. Um, and obviously, I believe that, you know, positivity and education and family and faith and all of that can go a long ways for our youth going forward. Um, so overall, I was just sitting here in awe just listening to you, brother, talk about, you know, these things, what you've been through, how to maneuver through this. But ultimately, the one thing I took away is this, the communication and, you know, stopping and saying, hey, I can do this. I can do that. Reevaluate it. Keeping that open line of communication, um, and ultimately, you know, the relationship and marriage will be a success. Most definitely. Thank you. Thank you so much. I definitely uh, didn't want to want to want to go too far along um, without actually getting your input. And you know, it was well put and definitely uh, definitely needed for this conversation, which we'll definitely pick up. You know, like we said, this 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 is gonna be kind of the theme of season two, um, as far as the Brethren podcast is gonna go. We're gonna focus a little bit more on the personal, um, the personal side of things, and and being more open and honest with the conversation, uh, particularly when it comes to men holding each other accountable. I'll be the first to admit that, you know, there are days when I come home and I'm in a funk, and my wife has, you know, learned, not learned. I don't want to say learned. She she is she has figured out, you know. And she, 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 she sees it and she asks me what's wrong. And of course we all go through the same thing. Every man goes through it. You know, don't bullshit. I say you don't with you. What's wrong? Nothing. What's wrong? Nothing. 
What's wrong? Nothing. What's wrong? Nothing. Leave me alone. Ain't nothing wrong. But you know something's wrong. Right. Step number exactly. They definitely know because because they have because they have that emotional intelligence that like. Dude, your vibe is off. I feel it. Like I feel vibes. You, you know, you might be able to read people because you, you know, you business oriented and you know you so corporate minded or you so business and strong in nature, you know, protector, so you can read people's energy and stuff like that. But I'm reading your emotional energy and it's off. You're 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 sad. You're depressed. You're out of funk. I know it was right. wrong. So now I've 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 learned to concede to my wife in that arena to where. You know, when she says what's wrong with you, I may not exactly know, but I'll I'll go ahead and I'll admit to it. I'll fess up and I communicate and I say, you know what? I don't know. I'm just in one of my moves. And she'll give me a hug. Right. She'll give me a hug. That's, and hey, honestly, that's, that's dope. And that, and you know, say that, that was that was one of the points that Jay Woods had brought. Don't up. cry, man. Don't, no, don't no, start crying. <laughs> but no, that was what. No, no, that was. Look, if if oh, if no, if, if, wait, if no, no, no. Hey, man, you heard what I said, Doctor Levin? Don't you? Don't you? Now let me go. Wait, 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 wait. Doc, 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 I'm gonna let you make your point because I know what point you want to make. No, if that's if that's what I do too, I do too. If that's what it takes, I do too. That's what you do. And the comfort, look, you heard what I, I said. What I said, home, you do what you do. I said what but I said. Jay Wood, Jay Wood, I Jay said Wood what I up, said. Jay Wood brought up the point to saying um, that he wanted to make sure that respect. He was always respected in his home, and right. I feel like the ultimate respect in a in a household in a relationship is the respect of one's emotions and one's well-being and things of that nature where it's like i respect you enough to allow you to, work, talking about it. to do what you need to do to handle to what have you those need to handle. right, right. I, I respect you enough to allow you to say you know what i under right. like because you because what you got to under like what we have to understand as men is that takes a lot of sacrifice on the woman's part because if you if if, if the woman looks at you as like this pure you know this pure pillar of strength and rock solidness that is never supposed to show emotions. <laughs> then know, if she sees you do that, then right. she, you know, then she might hit you with the man. If you don't man she up, gets and nervous, like, hold your nuts, right? And don't, right. Oh, shit. Well, but, no, this, but, it goes back to something that uh, it goes back to something that it goes back to something that uh, you know, what I'm saying that uh, the Destrian said earlier, man. It's like you know, man. I've had that same conversation, man. Like. Girls, you just don't know that I do stuff with you that I ain't never done with no female. Nobody else. Nobody. Nobody else. Right. You know, and I think that I think that for a lot of men, you know, what I'm saying that is, you know, because because I'm mean, like, it's it's sacrifice, it's submission, it's it's giving up a part of yourself, it's it's weakening yourself, and making yourself vulnerable in a way that you you it doesn't really exist in the in the world of men. You know, creating weakness and, and exposing your own weakness to somebody willingly is not something that you do in the world of men. And that I think that a lot of times is that, you know, when it comes to respect from your significant other, from a female, it's about them realizing or them acknowledging the fact that they can do stuff that, no, aside from being your wife, no other female can do because there's a lot of times your wife can do things like look female or not you probably would have got the business if, Man. <laughs> if Man, you would have like that 
you know, let, let me jump in here with you. Let me jump in here with you right here because what you're saying is important, right? So one of the things that I wrote down earlier tonight, never said anything about it or whatever. Dr. Levin will appreciate this based on his uh, his stepfather being a, a, a minister. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And see, when I say that, a lot of men are like, yeah, that's right. That You're damn right. Obedience is better than sacrifice. But I mean that for the men. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Listen to that woman. Like, listen to her. Because sometimes we get so hell-bent on them being subservient to us. And what the brother just said earlier was, and you know what, if I'm really thinking about it, and I'm trying to be subservient to her and lead by example and show her that they are strength and sacrifice. When she is in a position to need to do that for me, then she won't feel less than because I've done it as a man. But we fall short in that arena on many occasions because the ego is so big. So one of the things that we have to do in terms of striking balance is to realize that obedience from our perspective or from our side is better than sacrifice. It's not about the woman being obedient to us. It's about us being obedient to what we've been called to do for that woman, which is to be there for her, nurture her. And like AJ said, in many cases, share the things with her that we don't share with everyone else. If you need to have an emotional moment, there is no better person to have it with with your woman. Cause I'm gonna I'm gonna clown you when you have it with me. <laughs> but I'm gonna be there for you too. But you're gonna get clown first. I'm like, Wait, everybody, all right? I tell you this, you gonna get it. I tell you this, man. Like the best moment you can have, bro. You know, and and like I'm sure my wife is probably gonna. I'm sure my wife is probably gonna eventually hear this at some point. But it's like you can't force it. But when they come to you and be like, yeah. you breaking up with heaven? Man, you can't, it don't matter how much logic you give to them. It don't matter how much reason and how many examples or anything like that. You're not going to win that argument or whatever you're going through or anything like that, man. You got to be patient with and let them come to it on their own. But I tell you this. Be humble in that situation, and you 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 go ahead on and take it. But I mean, as a man, bro, that is a beautiful thing, bro. That's one of the most beautiful things in a relationship, bro. For you to get to the situation where your other half come to you, and yeah. and 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 that vision or that plan that you put forward to them, and they give you that acknowledgement, and they give you, and they submit to you, and they give you you the man. Oh, you got this, baby. You got awesome responsibility. Yeah. You, know, you got awesome responsibility on your hands once that happens because, you know, I'll, I'll lean into my grandmother here who she completed all of the sixth grade, but there's wisdom in her life's journey. And my grandmother shared with me, and she she told me, she said that, if a woman gives you her trust and the ability to make 
her decision. You do well to include her on that. Now, that's common sense, right? But my grandmother in her sixth grade education also told me that common sense ain't so common. And that's something that I've carried with me for a long time because those are basic principles that would seem that we would do, but we don't. If someone says, hey, it's your decision to make, you you just let me know what you want to do. Sometimes we're so quick to do what's convenient to us, we forget that the person we're taking with us is going to largely define what that experience and journey is like. Mm. And that's what we forget. We forget about the, and, and not in a negative way, I call it the bags that we pack. We forget about the bags we have to pack that could be heavy or light. That's that. And that's so that. When, that's that. When we, when, when, when somebody gives us the keys to drive, we forget that other people are in the car. Come on. So we come start on. driving that's and that's we it. forget that there are other people hey. in the car. Hey, yeah, man, you gotta remember it. I just went when we are talking about, and I think we had a whole sort of the last part that was going to be about reflection and self care and, and and centering yourself, which we didn't really get to in this, but I'm sure we will at some point this season. Mm-hmm. It's important for me to, you know, at least put this out there, man. We, especially as black men, seem to have a problem with um, with the handling of our emotions. Okay. Crying is something that happens when you, you know, are legitimately emotionally overwhelmed. This is a human response. Okay. It's not, and and I'm not saying get stuck in crying and just do it. What you're saying is that you do it a lot, is what you're saying. (laughs) Actually, I don't. (laughs) I'm messing with you. I know you don't. I know you. I know you well. I've encouraged you to do it. Don't drive the boat, man. Man, I was going to say, I almost wish that I, you know, that I I I wish you did a little bit, a little bit spontaneously combustible. But but my my point is, (laughs) when when situations overwhelm you, you, you've got to be able to acknowledge it. And then you need to be able to act. And so that, that you know, I don't have a lot of, of crying experience, but I've got a lot of martial arts experience in a martial art where submission is a very large part of what you do. Acknowledging the pain that you feel, the fact that you're stuck, and mm-hmm. if not for a yielding of your opponent, you would either have a limb broken or life taken yeah. away with you by virtue of your brain being deprived of oxygen, right? And so you get to a very literal place where you recognize the relationship between living and, and understanding um, how your body is um, is feeling and doing in, uh, in direct contrast and competition with another individual. And I think it's important for you to recognize that on, on that level and important for you to recognize it more broadly that you are not a machine. You are a human being. You are subject to fault. You are subject to feeling. And all of those things add to, not take away from, they add to your overall human experience. So feel deeply, love deeply. When you are sad, you can feel you can you can be sad and understand that and, and let that feeling happen without you feeling like you gotta shoot somebody because you're sad. Or feeling like you gotta you gotta you, your 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 feelings are hurt, so now you gotta you gotta pick up a gun and, and 
and, and aim at somebody because you don't know what to do with that feeling because you were attracted to somebody who you thought was a man, was a woman. They ended up having been a man before and they're a transsexual person. And now you feel like somewhere within yourself, you have been attacked on such a fundamental level that now it's time for you to kill this individual because of how you felt about them. You have to learn how to control and deal with yourself so that you can be effective in this effective in this world where all sorts of things might come at you. I know I went in a lot of different places, but I am sorry, man. I see I see so many brothers. No, no, you you uh, you you went you you went you went where it's needed because basically basically the bottom line is being made is men we have to we have to literally you know put down our normal toolbox and we have to grab our emotional toolbox and we got to go in there we got to shine off these tools that have never been used we've got to go to the store and buy some tools that we've never owned and we've also got to become proficient with these tools that nobody's showing us how to be proficient with we got a lot of tools we got a lot of tools in this toolbox that we don't even know what the name of them is and that's that's basically the bottom line when it comes to emotions because we are so programmed to be men we, you know, a lot of a lot of misguided anger concepts, notions, preconceived and, you know, right. premeditated and things come about to where it's, you know, what I'm saying, it, you know, there's a lot of blame that can be placed in a lot of different areas. But the midnight oil burns and the smoke <laughs> gets into my eyes. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and we're going to go ahead and close it out because as you can see, season two is going to be a doozy, ladies and gentlemen. So <laughs> make sure that you will subscribe to us on all of our various social media. You can find us at Brethren Pod, B-R-E-A-D-R-E-N-P-O-D on Instagram and Facebook. You can also uh, listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, Google, iTunes, CastBox, Pocket Cast, uh, everywhere. Google us. You can find us. It's not hard to find. Tell somebody to tell somebody to tell somebody that you listened and they should listen too. Um, especially my brothers who are listening, our brothers who are listening, pass this on to another brother, especially one that's younger than you, so we can start changing the narrative, changing the, perspe- uh, the perspective, and changing the landscape that is the life that we live. I want to definitely extend my uh, warmest and sincerest gratitude and appreciation to my brothers, Destrian Wells of Destrian Wells Consulting, Dr. Ajama Levin, Ph.D. of Levin Consultant, LLC, uh, my brother Ryan Randolph, and my brother John L. Woods, uh, all of which are a part of the uh, 4640 Holding Company, coming to a city near you. Check out your local investments. We're doing it big, and we uh, we try we plan to make it big enough to everybody to eat and enjoy, uh, starting with us. We are first in line to get our plates. Don't hate. Just listen. And hopefully you can find a little bit of motivation in what we say, because like we said, this is a Brethren podcast where we're always talking about our bread and we're always getting to the money and the bread. Ladies and gentlemen, season two, episode one, and the after show of the Brethren podcast has been completed. We appreciate you. We love you. And good night.